Hello, I'm Maria Chichizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of August 27. In the news, Azerbaijani troops blocked two sections of Armenia State Highway in the Sunik region. During discussions of the government's 2021-2026 program, a number of brawls erupted in parliament. And military training exercises for Armenia's reserve forces kicked off this week. This week, Azerbaijani armed forces blocked the Garmara-Karshurnuk section of the Goris-Rapan Highway and later the Goris-Vorotan section. During a speech in Parliament, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan announced that the Azerbaijani side has blocked 21 kilometers of the Goris-Rapan Highway, which according to the Soviet maps was not part of Soviet Armenia. He also said that Tunic has not been separated from the rest of Armenia as there is an alternative Rapan-Armani route which is being reconstructed. He stated that the government had predicted that something like this would happen and they had started the reconstruction of the alternative road. Negotiations are currently underway for the reopening of those parts of the highway. As of today, the villages of Vorodan, Shurnuk, Barzravan and a district of North Arajatsor village remain completely cut off from other communities. As a result, people in those villages are facing supply shortages and do not have access to health services. And during his speech in parliament, uh, this is being discussed widely on social media at the moment. Pashinyan used the Azerbaijani names for two of the villages, and this has caused a furor, actually. The two parliamentary opposition forces, the Armenia Alliance and I'm Honored Factions, issued a joint statement saying that the Pashinyan administration bears the sole responsibility for the situation of the Goris-Kapan Highway and for all future disasters sort of ensuing from these. And according to Armenia's human rights defender, Arman Tatoyan, this is a mistake to regard the border issue only from a political military perspective and in a political military context. By doing so, the state is imposing restrictions on itself because it can only apply to international political military institutions. Thereby, it becomes a victim of geopolitical processes and is not able to properly defend the rights of its citizens, said Tatoyan. Actions aimed at removing Azerbaijani soldiers from Armenian territory must also be based on the protection of the rights of people living near the borders, he said. In this case, international mechanisms such as the UN Security Council on Border Issues, UN Human Rights Council, and the European Court of Human Rights can be used to address the issue. Two days before the blockade, Tatoyan actually became a target uh, when he and his team stopped for, according to him, you know, only one or two minutes on the highway to see what would uh, happen. This was uh, on the Goris-Gapan section of the highway where Azerbaijani soldiers are stationed. According to Tatoyan, as soon as an Azerbaijani soldier noticed them, he entered the building, the barracks that they have there, and returned with a rifle and pointing it at Tatoyan and his team. And it happened again at another place where they stopped. Uh, armed Azerbaijani soldiers became restless, followed their movements with binoculars and started to shout and whistle. According to the ombudsman, their experience proved that the presence of Azerbaijani soldiers in Armenia's Sunik region is a violation of the life, free movement and safety of the people of Sunik. It's predictable that this would happen, that they would become restless and follow them by binoculars, but it's also the experience that also... I mean, um, the, the, the whole thing is crazy if you think about it, right? A highway that you and I have used and people in the region have used forever, now 21 kilometers of the highway going through Azer now apparently Azerbaijani territory. But it's not only that, I mean, the fact that they've sort of infiltrated into the, not sort of, but they have infiltrated, and that as you're traveling from one Armenian city to another, that you can have this kind of experience. It's, it's, 
It's also going from uh, Armenia to uh, Artsakh on the road. You're not even allowed to stop, and right. which is also the situation there. If you stop, uh, you're becoming the target and the center of attention of everyone around yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, of course. And well, speaking of Artsakh, earlier during this week, uh, there were also Azerbaijani provocations near Shushi. Azerbaijani forces deployed near the villages of Shosh. And Mkhitaryan opened fire on Armenian positions and the civilian population in the area the whole day and late into the night uh, on August 24. A house was damaged from shots fired in the direction uh, of those villages. Yeah. And an Azerbaijani serviceman, Jamil Babayev, has been detained after crossing the line of contact and entering a house in, in Martagert. I, mean, I don't know. It's uh, like we're living in a movie almost. It's unbelievable. Well, he's been detained. A criminal case was launched for espionage, illegal crossing the Artsakh state border and threatening to kill the two minors in the house. There were people in the house. Uh, in the meantime, the Azerbaijani Defense Ministry issued a statement saying that Babayev has voluntarily left the psychiatric ward of a hospital in Ganja. And as the story goes, it, one of the kids uh, acted, you know, quite quickly and, and said, do you want cigarettes? And he, he left the house and was able to call people to come. I actually couldn't watch the video to be honest. The video you know. was of him being detained and I he know, did have just, military mm-hmm. clothing. I don't know if it was the full military fatigue, but it did have the Azerbaijani military. Yeah, but they were saying that it was from, uh, you know, 1918, 1920, the flag of Azerbaijan. It was just so surreal that um, I think we're all just having difficulty dealing with, with that an Azeri can end up yeah. in an Armenian household mm-hmm. in Artsakh. Well, on August 22, communication was lost with Senior Lieutenant Artur Davidian after he left his place of deployment without the permission of his commanders. The defense ministry believes that Davidian uh, got lost because of poor visibility and ended up in Azerbaijani territory. Search and rescue operations were immediately launched. The Armenian side is working closely with the Russian side to confirm whether or not he is in Azerbaijani territory. And also this week during a meeting with the UN resident coordinator in Azerbaijan, Vladanka Andreeva, President Ilham Aliyev accused the OSCE Minsk group for the war in Nagorno-Karabakh. Uh, he said that member countries of the Minsk group, which are also permanent members of the UN Security Council, had a mandate to implement the three resolutions adopted by the Security Council back in 1993. He went on to say that if sanctions were imposed on Armenia and if the Minsk group countries had used their power to force Armenia to withdraw from occupied territories, then the war would not have happened. Aliyev stressed that Azerbaijan has restored justice and norms of international national law as well as implemented the UN resolutions. And according to the Azerbaijani president, the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict is resolved and that now is the time to think about the future and restoration of uh, quote, liberated territories. Aliyev went on to accuse Armenia of not allowing a fact-finding mission led by UNESCO to have a presence in Nagorno-Karabakh. And Vahan Hunanyan, the spokesperson of the Foreign Ministry of Armenia, responded to some of Aliyev's statements, saying that Armenia has welcomed the visit of the UNESCO fact-finding mission and is ready to support its implementation as soon as possible. The endangered culture and religious heritage of Artsakh requires urgent international attention in order to properly preserve it and prevent cases of vandalism, he added. Hunanyan noted that both during and after the military hostilities, numerous cases of deliberate destruction of Armenian churches by Azerbaijani armed forces, falsification of historical facts, and changing of the architectural appearance of Armenian monuments were registered. 
U.S. Ambassador to Armenia Lynn Tracy announced during uh, her visit to the Sunik region on August 23 that the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict is not settled as the status of Nagorno-Karabakh has not yet been decided. She also said that they will work towards de-escalation and elimination of border incidents as a Minsk Group co-chair country so that it will be possible to eradicate the consequences of the war and resolve all remaining issues. The ambassador also mentioned that civilians are often caught in between the conflict and their security and safety are threatened. The ambassador also visited Davush region, where Russian border checkpoints were set up earlier in August. She met with the governor of Davush, Haik Khalumyan. This is her second or third visit now to Sunik region. And about what has happened in Armenia's parliament this week, the debate over the government's five-year program in parliament took place in a tense atmosphere where three brawls broke out between members of the ruling faction and opposition lawmakers. I don't know if it's only three brawls. I just keep thinking it was an unending um, fist fight that was taking place all week yes. in parliament. And it all started with the statements by Anna Magurchan. She is from the Honored Alliance, who argued that the Pashinyan government failed to provide adequate response to expansionist aspirations of Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev. And then she commented on the fact that a large number of bodyguards accompanied the prime minister on the parliament floor, something she said had never happened before. Her statements were cut short, however, um, because then she started calling him... um, which has been sort of the rhetoric of the opposition, a uh, traitor, capitulant, as they're calling it here in Armenia. Which they've been warned not to use. Right, uh, they've been told and, yeah, that right. uh, this is not acceptable. So, And spe- uh, I just mentioned in the opposition, they don't use prime minister or Nigol Pashinyan. Uh, they use that one or that person. Or, or the, the person, person occupying the chair yeah. of... Uh, yeah, the, it's been a... It's a tactic that they've been using. So the Speaker of Parliament, Alan Simonian, Uh, gave uh, Anna Magurchan a warning, but she continued. Well, the situation really es- escalated further when Dikan Abrahamian, another uh, parliament member from the I'm Honored Alliance, asked Pashinyan's opinion about the way Uh, parliament members from the ruling civil contract faction addressed Magurchian. According to Pashinyan, the response was uh, quite mild. That's what Pashinyan said. Right. Well, although Magurchian's microphone was turned off, she kept interrupting and calling Pashinyan uh, the capitulator. After that, Speaker Alan Simonian asked her to leave the floor. Magurchian was eventually forced to leave after security guards had been called in to the parliament chamber. And there was resistance also from her uh, faction members right, trying from to the stop Armenia from alliance. Right, there's pushing and shoving, and a huge scuffle broke out. And well, the following day didn't end. Haik Sarkisian from the civil contract faction criticized former administrations for mishandling the country's defense affairs and that this had led to decreased military capabilities. He went on to say that those former defense ministers under whose tenure citizens could bribe authorities and be relieved from mandatory conscription are traitors. Well, former defense minister Seran Ohanian, who was part of the Armenia Alliance faction, Uh, you know, they started sort of yelling at each other, and then he picked up a water bottle. Sorry, it's not funny, but it was just it's just the most surreal situation we're living in. He whipped this water bottle at Sarkisian, who was standing at the podium, and this sparked a fist fight between the ruling faction and opposition MPs. Now, after the MPs began to throw water bottles at each other, actually, they were quite quick to, to yeah, throw. Yeah, everyone was really good reaction time. <laughs> <laughs> at each other, Simonian once again interrupted the session and called in security guards to restore order, but and, only after yeah. like a whole minute had passed of this pushing and shoving going on. 
And uh, yet another incident, shortly after the session resumed, another brawl erupted during the speech of Vahe Hagopian from Armenia Alliance when Vahagan Alexanian from Civil Contract approached the podium and kicked him. He, he had finished his talk. He was coming down and it's just he approached him and kicked him. The speaker once again called in security forces and uh, parliament members from the three factions started fighting. The prosecutor general's office announced that the brawls in parliament will be investigated. Well, they made it on BBC. World News, so there you go. And in all three times when the brawl broke out, the live stream was stopped and journalists who were following and covering the session from the gallery were forcefully removed by security officers. This has been an ongoing issue when, you know, there's a lot of tension, putting it mildly, in Parliament. The Speaker is calling for the live stream to be uh, stopped so people can't see. And at the same time, journalists are trying to, which is ridiculous because half of the MPs are going live with their phones anyway, right? Yeah, I was going to just say, say the same thing. So, uh, well, why, why are stop they the journalists do from doing their job when parliament members are going live instantly? Well, a group of 11 um, media organizations issued a statement saying that the actions against journalists are illegal, are against freedom of speech and the right of the public to be informed. They are demanding from the leadership of parliament to immediately stop the violence, the pressure and illegal restrictions that are being enforced against journalists. Well, it has been a relatively calm in the last couple of days since well, these brawls. Well, two days. Two days. <laughs> a couple of days yeah. feels like um, it was a week ago. Two days. <laughs> okay. Eventually, the government's five-year program was approved by the National Assembly with 70 votes in favor. These are 70 votes of the ruling faction. The two opposition factions boycotted the vote. While presenting the government program, Pashinyan noted that his government has two major responsibilities to establish a dictatorship of law and open the era of peaceful development for Armenia and the region. And it really is a shame. It was a 105-page document uh, at a time, you know, it's a five-year program of the government at a time of great instability in Armenia. And instead of really, um, you know, paying attention to every word that's written there, right, um, they were just fighting. Um, it, it really was, it's a shame. Anyway, speaking about Armenia's losses during the 44-day war, Pashinyan noted that 3,773 Armenian servicemen were killed, another 243 are still missing in action. Pashinyan went on to say that since November 18, the Armenian government has introduced 20 programs to support citizens of Artsakh and that over 82.8 billion Armenian dirham has been allocated as part of those programs. He stressed that the post-war reconstruction of Artsakh, economic revitalization, addressing socioeconomic problems of displaced residents, as well as the preservation of cultural and religious heritage is among the priorities of his administration. And in other news, Dr. Armen Charchian, member of the Armenia Alliance faction in parliament and former director of the Izmirian Medical Center, was again detained this week. As a reminder, Charchian was arrested two days before the June 20 election for forcing employees of the hospital to vote for the Armenia Alliance. Based on the decision of the Yerevan courts, Charchian was required to remain in pretrial detention for a month, but before the decision was published, Charchian was transferred to a hospital where he underwent surgery. He was eventually released on bail for 15 million Armenian drum. The prosecutor general's office appealed the decision, and according to the new decision of the Court of Appeals, Charchian would will remain under pretrial detention. Both Armenia Alliance and the I'm Honored faction issued statements saying that Charchian's arrest is illegal and politically motivated. On August 25, military training exercises of the reserve forces 
uh, of Armenia kicked off. It is expected that the training will last three months until November 25. The training is aimed at improving military capabilities of reservists and involving them in combat duty if necessary. Over 2,160 people will be involved in the training and uh, they will be considered servicemen during that three-month period, will enjoy all the benefits provided to soldiers and will be paid each month. Of avoiding this training can result and will result in criminal prosecution. And we you know we were discussing this earlier. There, We've been hearing different stories of uh, men being called up for this training without prior notice, you know, three months Um, so we'll be following that to see how this process is in fact moving And also forward. some businesses have been uh, complaining, saying that too many of their employees or uh, vital employees have been called and that is impacting their uh, business also. Yeah, I think if, if, if it's organized properly, right, you can you can prepare to leave for three months, but not a day before or even a week before. Anyway, so we will be uh, looking into this and... And this week, explosions were heard near Stepanagar. The Artsakh State Service of Emergency Situations issued a statement clarifying that a group of sappers had been carrying out a planned explosion of unexploded ordnance in the Askeran region, which caused the fire to break out in the area. The fire eventually spread, it was windy, they said, and reached a storage depot where uh, other unexploded ammunition was stored. The statement noted that the fire was extinguished and the situation is under control. Um, I can imagine how terrifying it must have been for the residents of the capital when they heard those explosions. Yes, of course. Well, over the past week, four more bodies were recovered from areas that are now under Azerbaijani control. DNA examination is underway to reveal their identities. Since November 13, a total of 1,600 And 51 bodies have been found during search operations. And Luyot will be France's new ambassador to Armenia. The posting of the current ambassador, Jonathan Lacotte, will end on August 31. He has been in Armenia since September of 2017. Luyot held a number of positions in Brazil, Europe, and Russia. Since 2018, she has been the advisor for cooperation and cultural affairs in Madrid and the director of the French Institute in Spain. Uh, speaking of France, this week Prime Minister Pashinyan had a phone conversation with his French counterpart Emmanuel Macron. The two leaders discussed the situation and the recent developments in the region. They also talked about the need for a resumption of the peace process under the auspices of the Minsk Group co-chairs. Uh, for a comprehensive political settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. Prime Minister Pashinyan said that he appreciates Macron's efforts towards establishing lasting peace and stability in the region. And uh, on August 23, a special session of the Collective Security Treaty Organization was held in an online format. Leaders of the member states, including Pashinyan, as well as the Secretary General of CSTO Stanislav Zaz, took part in the discussion. According to the official announcement, the leaders discussed issues related to the security in the CSTO area of responsibility and the situation in Afghanistan. No further details were provided. And now to some uh, news from the capital. Residents uh, of a neighborhood Uh, in Yerevan, close to the Physics Institute, also known as Fis Gorodok, were protesting this week against the construction of a 12-story building in the same neighborhood. They say that the construction is legal and will, uh, you know, disrupt and uh, damage the ecology 
um, of the neighborhood, Hagop Garabetia, and the spokesperson of Yerevan municipality said that the land was privatized back in 2004 and that the municipality cannot legally revoke the decision or the permit that was given to the builders. In February 2021, the Ministry of Education and Science declared Fizgorodok as a cultural heritage site, but a few months later, the area where this building is now supposed to be built was somehow removed from that list. Several of the residents... Um, you know, there's been a lot of scuffles for the past, uh, what, week, 10 days now, I think, Rubina? Yes. Um, a couple of the residents were arrested. One had a heart attack. A 16-year-old boy was transferred to hospital after he was injured during that scuffle with uh, police forces. And uh, I think just yesterday it was that two of the residents announced that they're going on a hunger strike. So they're quite adamant that they want to try and stop this building, this construction. And the new academic year will begin with in-person teaching. Jana Andreasian, the Deputy Minister of Education, Science, Culture and Sport, made the announcement during a press conference saying that whether in-person teaching will continue throughout the whole academic year very much depends on how well everyone will follow the anti-epidemic rules. Everyone will be required to wear a face mask at all times and classrooms will be regularly disinfected. If the number of COVID cases in a school is 10% or more, classes will be shifted to an online mode for 14 days. It is expected that this year over 37,000 new students will start attending schools across Armenia. Imagine the kids who are going for t- to actual school for the first time yeah, who went then, first class last year but have never been in a classroom. And then they'll be forced to switch online again, unfortunately. You know, the new Delta variant um, continues to uh, make its way around the country. As of today, there are 8,721 active cases. Over 1,100 patients are hospitalized, and about 700 of them are in serious or extremely serious condition. Patients are being treated in 14 hospitals across Armenia. Health Minister Anhait Avanesian said this week that um, some of the patients that are hospitalized at the moment, they are quite young. They don't have any pre-existing medical conditions, but they are having a really tough go with the virus. And according to the latest updates, only 240,000 people have been vaccinated across the country. Um, and, and Maria's cases are showing up in Artsakh again, according to the latest mm-hmm. data. 13 cases, and including children, were registered in Artsakh. And it's not the only Stepanagert, which is the most populated, but is across Artsakh. And uh, this week marked the 31st anniversary of the adoption of the Declaration of Independence. The declaration was signed by Armenia's first president, Levon Derbedrosian, and the secretary of the Supreme Council, which was the parliament. A little over a year after the signing, Armenia became independent on September 21, 1991. And in some really, really good news, <laughs> an Armenian-based startup, Pixart, is now officially a unicorn. And when I saw that phrase, I was like, what does that mean? Well, it means it's a business, privately owned company that has passed or surpassed the $1 billion mark. And, um, you know, we've been talking about the first billion dollar company in Armenia and Pixart was able to do that. And we hope that um, there will be more. Uh, Armenian chess grandmaster Elina Danielian won the European Women's Individual Championship. 117 chess players participated in the European Championship. After her victory, Danielian can now participate in the World Chess Cup. And all the best of luck to her. Yeah. She's been really rocking it for, for so many years for Armenia. And somehow the women's uh, she's not as uh, big a superstar yeah. as Aronian. Well, there you go. That's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good week, and we will be back again next Friday. Mm-hmm.